It's that time. Your fix is here. College football is a year-round discussion with these two. Here's J.C. and Morgan. Mike Morgan of ESPN and J.C. Sherbert of 24-7 Sports have you covered. Beginning right now. J.C. and Morgan, number 207 with the Mad Dog producing Phil Molinax, the man, the myth, the legend behind the scenes. I am Mike Morgan. He is J.C. Sherbert. Uh, I am in the Mecca, Atlanta, GA. I never know where you are anymore, J.C. Where are you? Uh, Columbia, <laughs> South Carolina again. Now, South next, okay. now, next week, next week I'll be, uh, depending on which day we go on, if it's Tuesday, I'll be in Chi Town. If it's Thursday, I'll be in Charlotte, North Carolina. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I got uh, the Gamecocks and the Tar Heels next weekend, and also I'm speaking at a sports business. Uh, I'm, I call it a soiree. I guess it's more of a like a like a panel. I'm, I'm on an NIL panel, Mike. So, are you somebody really? out there cares what I have to say? Yeah, I guess. So and, about and where is that? In Charlotte, too. In Charlotte, too. It's uh, who, who else is on the dais? Oh gosh, it's names you would you may recognize, but uh, I don't. So I'd have to read. But uh, okay. so, so the sports is it's a lot of sports business people, sports business journal people, and and things like that. So that's uh, that's what I got going on next week. So that that's uh, should be a fun week with uh, the season officially starting and uh, and some yeah. travel and stuff like that. That's that's very cool. I'll be curious to see what um, what comes out of it. You know, before we signed on today, I was just reading some stuff uh, on the Athletic, and there's an article by a couple guys, David Ubbin, who used to cover Tennessee, and another guy, and they were talking about you know different things about the season, and one of the things was about you know NIL and the portal, and um, we've got a few kind of litmus tests going on right now, like for example, Texas A and M you're either going to prove that you can you can outspend everybody on your way to championship type glory or you're going to also you can prove that chemistry still is extremely important and it's not just about racking up a bunch of five stars um th- those are some of the like things that we're going to learn over time where it, it, everything is still kind of in the experimental phase in terms of what the impact of all this is going to be. Because when you look at it, the same teams are kind of projected to compete for the title, right? Like not much has really changed yet. I'm still waiting for that first team that's going to be like a 30 for 30 or untold on like the best team money could buy that never really competed for championships. And then all of a sudden they opened up the checkbook and then boom, they became a national championship team, but we're we're not there yet. I don't I don't think anyway. It's never going to happen. You're you're never going to be able to do that in football. I think in basketball, if you have a good coach and you get the right top guys, you can. I mean, look at Miami in football versus basketball last year. They were certainly putting out the cheddar in both sports. They yeah. straight up bought a kid out of the portal and, and, and put it in the newspaper. I was like, wow. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, but Jim Laranega, veteran coach, you're dealing with 13 mm-hmm. guys. You, you get them all on the same page. The bench is your friend in basketball, as we all know. Uh, you know, and I think in some cases you could do it. Other cases, maybe not. Look at what happened in Kentucky last year and John Calipari. 
they got everybody back thanks to big NIL. And it didn't go so hot, right, Mike? So yeah. uh, I think the basketball is different. I think football, though, just because it's so developmental, just because your starting point in football is nowhere near your ceiling, it, it, even if you're a great five-star talent, there's a lot of work that goes into developing in the sport, and it's human nature. It, 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 it's, it's why we didn't hear from Drew Barrymore for years after E.T., right? Child actors. That's why child actors. <laughs> uh, that's a different debate there, Mike. <laughs> but yeah, that's why child child stars are don't always uh, you know they don't always become Marlon Brando, right? You know they they, they kind of come and go because right. when you have that kind of money at that age, where's your motivation to really get after him? You have to have like an absolute uncompromising love for your craft, and football's a hard sport, man. It's taxing on your body. Uh, you could make a, I mean. Former players make strong cases going, I wish I'd have never played because I'm 40 and I can't walk. You know, why do that? If you got a million bucks in the bank, you invest wisely, you can love that for the rest of your life. And so that's that's why I think it's now. I'll say this. Where, where, where NIL is going to help certain programs. Okay, so let, let's go back to Virginia Tech under Frank Beamer. How, like, absolutely good they were. Or Kansas State under Bill Snyder. Okay, so in recruiting, those two schools didn't always go get the five stars. It was it was hard, especially, I mean, the kids would leave Virginia and go here, there, yonder, whatever. Those types of programs, if they have just a little NIL money and, and they can end up convincing the, 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 the four or five difference makers they, they let, missed out on that would have made their, their very good teams great and able to compete with Alabama and things like that, that's where I think you could see something like that happen. Um, I know my friends at Own Three have been preaching that it's going to be more parity because, lo and behold, Missouri beat Oklahoma on a kid out of a high school that Oklahoma gets everybody out of, and, and I had a lot to do with it. So that that's something to watch. But I, I uh, one of the writers you just mentioned, he wants players played millions of dollars a year, and and he tried to kind of set the market when yeah, all this started. I and know. ended up looking kind of foolish because he, he was completely wrong. Um, you may as well just be an agent if you're going to act like that. But uh, it's uh, I, I I think I think I think it's very interesting though. So I mean that's my take. I don't know. I, I Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State keep trucking right along, right? So <laughs> they and well, they have good NIL. And I those schools, yeah. but that's not everything, right? It's not everything, but I I think to your point. It just it, it it it's it's not set up where if you've been a middle tier to lower tier program that all of a sudden you're just going to spend your way to a national title. It, to me, it is more set up for the rich to get richer. So, like, how many how many play kids do leave Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State because of things like playing time and whatnot? If they really want to keep you, they're not going to lose you to money. Like Brock Bowers isn't going to go somewhere else because. Georgia couldn't afford uh, the, you know, the NIL money that somebody else was offering. Right. You know, same thing with Ohio state and Alabama and LSU and Southern Cal and Texas, like kids are going to leave premier programs, but it's not going to be over $50,000. I don't believe. Um, So I didn't mean to even get into all that, but since you mentioned you're in the seminar, I do want to, I want to find out how that goes. Um, I think that's, I think you're the you're definitely one of the right guys to to speak on that. Definitely. Uh, it's, I'll tell you what. Uh, it's I've such been, a new thing, you know that that that's what we don't have any data on that. 
it's kind of like when the star system first started. We didn't have any data. Now we got some data that says over time, if you look at it, star ratings are a decent indicator of success uh, and recruiting class rankings are as well, but it's not everything, but it is. So uh, NIL, Mike, we just don't, I mean, because again, look at A&M, that's a great case study. By far the number one class in the country one year, the next year they go five and seven. It's kind of like 15th, 16th where they normally recruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and a lot of that depends on resources too. You know, that was a very donor driven situation at A&M. They, you know, Aggie, Rich Aggie's got a bunch of money together. Well, if you go five and seven, uh, donors aren't necessarily the biggest experts and most realistic about football, right? They want to win. They want to win now, especially if they're spending the cheddar. So the next year, I can't prove this, but my guess is that the resources were not as uh, abundant, if you right. will. Right. Yeah. After that, uh, if you go eleven and one, then the the, the ATM's still working at at premium levels. If you yeah, go five and seven, it. Yeah. might be a little less in the but, in the coffers. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I think the actual models of how NIL works and stuff are going to come into play. I, I think there's people that are kind of running collectives and things like that, or that are or, or on that side of it, or even, even within football programs, they're, they're, they're still kind of feeling the right. What is the best way to make it sustainable uh, to where you can compete? That's hard to figure out when there essentially are no rules uh, and the rules they have are kind of restrictive. It, it's almost like uh, the rules are, are, this idiotic it's like you know if there was a law where you can't punch anybody in the face but you can shoot them how does that make any sense now you gotta can't can't punch anybody in the face but you can shoot them or you're not allowed to wear boxing gloves but you can haul off and sock somebody with your bare fist and break their jaw sounds like the new york subway yeah, well, similar. <laughs> Most major cities these days, but uh, uh, I, I, yeah, th- that's how stupid the rules are. So I mean, it's hard to navigate. But I'm with you. I'm I'm curious to see five years trend lines and things of that nature. Yeah, there, there's a lot of things going on. Like, and then the, the TCU story, you know, that was mentioned in in the article too. It's like, okay, um, are we going to see that again? I honestly don't think we're going to see that again for a long time. They benefited from a lot of things. Big 12 was down. They won a lot of close games. They did not win the Big 12 championship. And Michigan had a comedy of errors to help pave the way for TCU to win a semifinal game. It's a great story. Don't get me wrong. Great coaching. Max Duggan was a terrific story uh, and, and great college quarterback. I don't care if he does anything in the pros, just like Stetson Bennett. It doesn't matter. I can I can – name you a thousand college basketball players that were outstanding college basketball players that did a lot of things to help their program win big games and championships, but they weren't NBA talents. That's okay. That's it. That doesn't, that doesn't take away from your college performance, but the TCU story to me, even with an expanded playoff, like I don't think you're going to see another TCU in a title game for a while. Just my guess. Hope I'm wrong. Better for college football. If that is wrong, I don't see it happening for a while. Um, again, it is JC and Morgan, and I, I don't think that I do this enough at the top, but we got so many things going on. By now, you guys have figured out that we do record this live, uh, and we're doing two shows this week. We'll have another one Thursday with the great Bill King. 
uh, who's been following recruiting longer than anybody and who does a, a terrific show in Tennessee and for years and years did Sirius XM and so on and so forth. And we have you and I both go on Bill's show, but we haven't had Bill on this show. And that's uh, that's just well, it's a crime. It's a travesty. It's a crime avesty. Uh, we're going to fix that on uh, on Thursday. But we've got the website, and we'll have our mailbag uh, section of the show later on. If you want to shoot an email, uh, go to uh, JC and Morgan on the upper right-hand side. You'll see a mailbag tab. Your name and where you're uh, writing us from, please. And uh, we'll read your question on the air. We had Phil Steele on last week. Uh, he was terrific, as always. So we're going to go guestless this week. When JC and I have a guest on the previous show, that means we got a lot to say on the next show because, you know, we let Phil do a lot of the talking because we're very gracious hosts when we have a guest on. Just off the beaten path real quick, JC, and I know, uh, you know, you've been swamped with a number of things. Um, I mentioned the... Johnny Manziel untold story today. The Swamp Kings one comes out, and I'm looking forward to seeing. It's it's like a four parter. You know, the Manziel one was like an hour, and I thought really left a lot of stuff on the vine for whatever reason. Uh, the Swamp Kings one, I don't know what to expect on this. I I've heard that like some of it is actually flattering, but if you are familiar with this series, Untold. <laughs> it's not a like feel good documentary series. Everything is scandalous. And naturally they're going to talk about the players that were arrested. The Aaron Hernandez thing. There's already been a documentary on that, a three part one. In fact, that's outstanding yeah. on Netflix, but Aaron Hernandez, most of his like egregious stuff doesn't get more egregious than murder happened when he was with the Patriots. So like, I don't know what they're going well, to I know, I know he had incidents in Gainesville, but like, I think the bigger arcing story is going to be: Did Urban have any control over the program or not? You know, was this a quote unquote renegade? If it was a renegade program, it did a really good job of kind of camouflaging that at the time because you didn't hear nearly as many stories then as you're hearing now. So that's what's interesting to me. One other thing that I, I hope they do, unlike the Aaron Hernandez one. The Aaron Hernandez one made Gainesville look like Miami. Like they had all these shots of palm trees and they made it look like this big time party city. Like it was New York, LA, Miami. And if you've been to Gainesville, Gainesville is like Tuscaloosa. There, there's, there's nothing about Gainesville that resembles Miami or this fantastic party scene. It's a college town with college bars uh, and college kids do what college kids do, but they tried to prop this up. And I already heard one sound bite calling it Gaines Vegas. And I'm like, <laughs> but Gainesville were you in? <laughs> There's nothing Las Vegas -y about Gainesville either. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm looking forward to that. And I, I will just say one quick, uh, plug for a doc that has nothing to do. Well, I, actually it does have something to do with football. I'll let you guess what it is. In a roundabout way. It's called Painkiller. Painkiller is a documentary on Purdue Pharma, which mm. invented OxyContin. And I'll be, I'll be completely honest. I've been so ignorant to um, opioid problems in this country, and I almost feel guilty about it. 
the the strongest thing I've ever taken is for bronchitis when I've had to to broadcast games and regular cough medicine won't do. And I would take what's called hydrocodone or there's there's probably a shorter abbreviation for that. But anyway, it has uh, hydrocodone in it. Oh, yeah. And yeah, you feel you feel loopy. You feel good. But it was the one thing I would stop my cough. And I, I just I never got I never felt addicted as soon as I had the the cold out. I stopped taking it. But it's a major issue. The, there's two connections to football, JC. One is uh, the director is Peter Berg. That name ring a bell? Oh, yeah. He was uh, right. He's a really tremendous director, Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Uh, Great. Maybe, maybe the best football movie do, of all time, one of them. Did he do Black Hawk Down or was that Catherine? He did Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor, yeah, that's it. In yeah. fact, the guy in Lone Survivor who plays like the stud who who gets killed—spoiler alert—one of the guys who gets killed—he's um, one of the stars of this series. The other thing that made me think of football and uh, when I was watching this, this is how my brain works. Um, don't ask; it's just uh, a little bit. It, it's everywhere. It's scatter. How many former football players did you know? Because I knew several. That didn't make the NFL, or they made it like you know, maybe they got cut in camp or whatever, and they have to find out. Okay, what am I going to do now? My career is over. They got into what? Pharmaceutical sales. A ton. This was the profession for former football players. That that same aggressive win mentality would help in sales, and these pharma companies knew it. And so any of you who know former football players at any major program, a lot of them got into this industry. Now, this particular company would choose young, uh, attractive females to help kind of finesse male doctors into buying the product. But all I could think of was all the the, the people that I know to this day that they got in that profession. Um, anyway, that's just a, a, a couple of recos off the beaten path. And uh, I'm done with all that now before we get straight into football. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the Gator documentary, definitely. Um, as far as painkillers go, I took an Oxycontin one time. Uh, I had a, a drove from Nashville to Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh, I was going down for a game, and I had the worst headache. And I used to get really bad headaches, you know, like nothing but sleep and four Advil would, would help because my head is so big. Knock on wood, I hadn't had it in a while. Uh, and my friend, who unfortunately passed away because of stuff like this, uh, said, here, have this. It'll go away. Oh, it went away. <laughs> and I was like, I'm never taking this again because it's too, I could tell like just from taking it once that it was, it was highly addictive. Yeah. Um, yeah. and people get and. And it's not only something that's mentally addictive, it's physically addictive. Change your chemistry right. in your body. And you, you literally cannot live without it. The withdrawals are awful. But I, I do think that's uh, that's something I need to check out. Now, the Florida one, I was kind of at the, the dawn of my career as a recruiting analyst when all these guys, when Urban, the, my first year covering recruiting was Urban Meyer's first year at Florida. Oh, wow. And so all the, the, the building process there – and I was kind of the southeastern guy, so I kept up with the Gators. I used to go on radio shows in Florida talking about their recruiting and things like that. 
So I remember Chris Rainey and Jeff Dimps and Percy Harvin and the Pouncey twins and, and Brandon Spikes and the Tim Tebow recruitment. I mean, that was all, those were all like things I had to cover in my, for my job. So I remember all those guys. Um, and so and I remember watching them play when they, when they really started to develop. And that was just a, that team was not only my like, ultra talented that team had this edge to it too you know mm-hmm. they uh they they were dominant and they let you know they were dominant so that uh, it was it was weird because it was kind of a short reign uh, almost like sc southern calendar Pete carroll where about three years yeah you didn't want to mess with them well then things happened and you mm-hmm. know it just shows you how hard it is to sustain it but I, i'm looking forward to watching it and kind of seeing what the behind the scenes scoop is on all that yeah yeah, I mean the whole thing on Urban. Um, Urban is going to go down as one of the most polarizing, fascinating, uh, mysterious coaches to ever roll through college football. I don't know if there are many more coaches that are disliked more than Urban Meyer, nationally speaking, uh, and yet the success is undeniable everywhere he was, everywhere. It, it, it's it's really I don't know how history is going to beat Urban Meyer. <laughs> I really don't. Um, you know, like Jimmy Johnson was a hell of a coach at Miami. They had a lot of issues, a lot of issues in Coral Gables. Tom Osborne had a lot of issues when they were winning national championships. Moritz Phillips, ring a bell. I mean, some some might say that's the the price you pay. I mean, to a different extent, George is going through this right now. I mean, there's been a whole lot of stories about stuff that's gone on around Athens. Um, But I don't think Georgia fans are overly concerned with it. I don't think Nebraska fans regret anything that Tom Osborne did or didn't do. I don't think Southern Cal fans regret what Pete Carroll did or didn't do or Reggie Bush getting benefits and having the Heisman taken away. And I'm not sure Florida fans regret things, although I don't know a lot of Florida fans. They love Spurrier but they don't necessarily like Urban Meyer. In fact, some don't like him at all. So that'll be an interesting one. That's It just dropped. Swamp Kings did another college football-related. I wish we had more of this. I mean, I want a college football doc every week, whether it's Netflix, Hulu, Apple. Um, you know, ESPN hadn't done a whole lot of college football docs lately. The ones they have done have been outstanding but they haven't done a whole lot lately. There's so many stories to be told in this great sport that haven't even been told yet. All right, speaking of stories that need to be told, the JC5 needs to be told, and we're going to get to that in just a second. It's presented by Lifetime Fitness, a premier athletic country club. Amazing. There's there's seven of them in Atlanta. Uh, I first got introduced to Lifetime from a buddy of mine that lives in Memphis, and there's one right there in, in Collierville. And the moment you walk in, you realize it's just, it's different. Uh, their life spa, life cafe, uh, available to both members and non-members. They offer kids classes, swim lessons, over 100 weekly group fitness classes and programs taught by the best performers in the area. Uh, again, it's just state of the art. Uh, I go to the one in Sandy Springs, not far from uh, here in Brookhaven. You can visit lifetime.life for more information. And for those of you that want a shared co-working space, that's a big thing these days. 
they will not be outdone in that area either. Great conference rooms, quiet phone booths, full-service kitchens with complimentary snacks and coffee. And, yes, that includes access and membership to the Athletic Country Clubs as well. For more information, you can call 404-446-9475, 446-9475, visit lifetime.life and tell them you heard about it here on JC and Morgan. Great people and uh, terrific state-of-the-art facilities for lifetime fitness. JC, again, uh, right now they're listening, the Fed is listening. Uh, interest rates sometimes sway one way or another. We could really use some good news here because um, if you're trying to get a mortgage right now, we're now over 7%. It's just amazing what we've been able to do. Um, uh, I think it's been since 2001 that they've been that high. Uh, but nevertheless, you can raise morale uh, in these tough economic times with the JC5. Without further ado, I cede the floor to your honor, J.C. Sherbert. All right. Week zero is garbage. <laughs> Tell uh, us how you really think, though. It's one of those things where I'm like, why have it? Okay. If you're not going to try, I mean, this is the thing. Why try? Right. Uh, I've got the daggum. I mean, Notre Dame, obviously, I have to watch it because my fiance is a Notre Dame fan. They do play some tough games in Navy. They play Navy every year. It is in Ireland. I get that. But the rest of the schedule, I mean, last year's schedule stunk too. And I realized this. I was all fired up. Oh, yeah, football today. Northwestern Nebraska was epic, although it was two terrible teams. Uh, then by the time I got to, like, North Carolina and FAMU at the end of the night, I said, this is awful. People in the South, literally, Mike, are looking forward to Vandy, Hawaii. Vandy, Hawaii game, boy, I was watching. Can they not maybe mix in, you know, the old phrase, uh, my friend Mike Yuma that works in Columbia says mix in a water, like when you've been drinking. <laughs> Can they just not mix this in a water or two? <laughs> I mean, more than one. The, the ESPN games, New Mexico State and UMass, the, the 4 p.m. kickoff on, on the big ESPN. Uh, why have it? I mean, if, and if you're going to say, well, Hawaii and, and international games. Well, then just have Hawaii and international games. Why, why are we littered with garbage first week of the season? And no offense to those teams. I'm happy they're playing, but man, oh man, I was just like, this is, and, and I've done a, I've done a 180 on it because I was looking forward to it last year. Now I'm just like, man, this is, this lineup's terrible. I, uh, here's the way I look at it. I can't, complain all off season long about how long the off season is and then complain about week zero because the games are not optimal. And you're right. They're not optimal. Um, week zero is truly it's, it's a garnish. Okay. It's a garnish for a really good dish. Uh, you don't load up on the garn garnish. It's just there to kind of wet the appetite. And then you really dig in the, 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 the most egregious thing about all of this, JC, um, if I were to pick one game to watch in this whole crew, now I'm curious about Vandy uh, for certain, not just because of their SEC ties. I, I, I like Clark Lee, and I think they actually have a – I think they have one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. I really do. Now, what his weapons are like, that's a whole other story. Um, but the game that I would want to watch at least a quarter, if not more, 
I'd want to see the Trojans take on San Jose State. I want to see the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. I want to see year two of Lincoln Riley. And San Jose State's like a middle-of-the-pack Mountain West team. If this was San Diego State, it'd be a little more intriguing. But San Jose State's got a – their coach is high energy. He's he's a, a new Heisel disciple. He's he's done good work there, and 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 they're gonna you know obviously give it their all. But guess if you want to watch that game, guess where it is? That's number two on the JC five. Since we're getting there, this is oh, why okay. the Pac twelve has fallen apart because you yeah. can only get this game, Mike, on the Pac twelve network. Those those of you watching on on. Uh, the YouTube channel or Facebook or Twitter, you, you could just see the pain in my face covering my, my eyes. I saw that and I was like, you've got to be kidding. Like it, it's almost as if the, the, the pack just wants to just convince you even further how much they screwed themselves. Uh, yeah. Most the 99% of the country won't be able to watch this game. You got the reigning Heisman trophy winner. You've got the story and it's their last year in that conference and they are relegated to the Pack Network. Um, Against a, a decent team, not a terrible a team. team. San Jose State, for those down south, a lot, probably like Louisiana Tech or East Carolina, somebody like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I, I'll tell you this much, they'll put some points on the board. Like San Jose oh, yeah. State's not going in there to get, to get shut out or put up three. They'll, they'll, they'll find the end zone, which could make the game even more exciting. But you won't be we'll able see. to see it <laughs> because you it's can't even stream it anywhere. I mean, it's it's god awful. Yeah, and then that I think that put me over the top. Even though that was number two on the JC five, I was like, I got to the end and I was like, huh. But uh, I man, screw it. I, 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 I think I think South Carolina State is playing Jackson State. Uh, yeah, that, in that HBCU game. I'm probably going to tune that one in at prime time because I'm little, from South little Carolina. Little Buddy Pew action. Yeah, uh, a lot of good, a lot of players that I'm familiar with too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll also watch some Notre Dame Navy. I mean, I'll watch some of that. That thing's right? at ten thirty Central. So yeah, bring it, Nat. I mean, you don't you don't understand how passionate she gets. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm like Nat, your fiance for the record. Nat, my fiance, she uh, she's already humming the fight song. There we go. Getting ready. So, yeah. and that's the next thing on the JC Five, Mike, is uh, Sam Hartman. We touched on this some last week, but I know you love quarterbacks, man, and I know that yeah, is kind of your deal. I started thinking, and, and and you you actually alluded to this when you said last week that Notre Dame could be a team that sneaks in that that is out of the top five or six, but that could win the playoff. And, and I think Phil still agreed with you. Tell me about Notre Dame's highest upside. With a great, because I think I think Sam Hartman's great. I don't I don't think he's just good. I I don't know why I didn't. Maybe the draft wasn't right. Maybe he's not a pro quarterback, but he's a great college quarterback. A lot of good years at Wake Forest, and now you know he's got a lot more weapons around him and the best offensive line in the country. What's his ceiling for this season? I think if Notre Dame wins a bunch of games with and with that schedule I think it's a safe bet that they will I mean they won a fair amount of games last year and they didn't exactly light it up at the quarterback spot and they had issues with play calling and it was uh you know first year head coach etc 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 Sam Hartman's going to put up numbers and so Sam Hartman you know as long as they remain undefeated will be in a lot of postseason award conversations because yes he is the the real deal now 
you know, having seen that offense that he ran at Wake up close with the, with the mesh point and the way that it was unique. And I'm gonna I'm not gonna say gimmicky, but it was unique. And so he did throw to a lot of wide open receivers. He also had a kid in At Perry, six five kid who who uh, got drafted and went to the NFL. So it's not like they had no talent around him at Wake Forest either. But he before that, of course, he <laughs> he had a running back in Kenneth Walker who's now in the NFL, transferred to Michigan State, and somehow got Mel Tucker over $9 million a year. Um, I I think that Sam Hartman is – a lot of people are going to be watching him for the first time and be like, oh, okay, this kid really is – he's good. He's a good football player. Now, does he have the, the talent set of a Caleb Williams, a Drake May, a Michael Penix? No, he's not in that category. But once you get past that – yeah, and and again, to go back to my original premise, just because you're not a first-round draft pick or let's just say you never do anything in the NFL doesn't take away from how good you were in college. We make this mistake all the time. Like People justify the Heisman, their their votes, or, their, or what was a mistake or what wasn't based on how the guy does in the NFL. That has nothing to do with the Heisman vote. It's what you did in college. Hartman will go down as a very good college quarterback. I don't know if he's a pro, uh, but yeah, he's got a chance to, if Notre Dame has the kind of season that a lot of people think they will have, Sam Hartman will be a household name. Whereas before he was like, oh, that Sam Hartman kid from Wake Forest is pretty good. It'll be, oh, Sam Hartman, that is one of the top guys in college football. I think you get to New York. I think you get an invite if if things go well. And check this out. Their schedule sets up well. It's, it's like what I call a like a classic roller coaster schedule. You know, the big wooden roller coasters, not like oh, the yeah. Coney Island Cyclone, but the ones where you'd, you'd go down the big hill and then you'd have a lot of little hills and then you have another big hill. So so they uh, they go from, um, you know, Navy, Tennessee State, at NC State, could get a little tricky, probably not, uh, Central Michigan home, then the big one, Ohio State. Okay, so then at Duke, at Louisville, you know, probably wins. Well, here's where it gets good. October 14th, SC in South Bend. Mm-hmm. A bye week. Then they've got Pitt at home, never easy. And then at Clemson. If they can find a way to get through that Clemson game undefeated, then it's Wake in the Sam Hartman reunion. And I feel kind mm-hmm. of bad for Coach Clawson with that. And then at Stanford, which Stanford's probably going to be god awful, that's a playoff team. That's going to they're going to be undefeated. They're probably going to be in the playoff, and because Hartman is so good, and because their offensive line is so good, I don't know that they won't match up a little better this year than maybe they have in the past. I'm you know who who knows who knows who they'll play, but uh, uh, I uh, I've got my eye on them for more reasons than just my fiance loves them. Yeah, I mean Notre Dame, like Notre Dame can be. Um... They're like a, a a slightly better version of Utah, and I mean that as a compliment. Utah's a two-time defending pack champions. Uh, they've got a lot of big wins under their belt. We'll see how they do against Florida next Thursday in a true week one, let's get the party started type of game, especially if Cam Rising is healthy, which is still day-to-day. But uh, but no doubt, uh, Notre Dame, just they, they, you're never going to beat them on the line of scrimmage. They always have tight ends that are built like you know, something out of a Terminator movie. Um, and now they have their quarterback. Now they have their quarterback. Um, you would think 
second year head coach is going to learn some of the mistakes. You, you can't have a Marshall type performance. Like they, how they lost to Marshall is still, that is just miraculous. They lost to Marshall at home. Um, that's got to be one of the worst losses for Notre Dame in a long time. But if you just avoid those type of complete setbacks and everything is now back on par, then yes, they have a chance to actually sneak in the, the back door of the playoff. Now they always need help because they're an independent. That means some conference has to be a letdown or the, or the top team in that some conference has to be a letdown in order to pave the way for, because the SEC is likely going to get two. And is any going is anybody going to beat Southern Cal out West? Yeah. We, I mean, obviously well, Notre Dame would be a, a, a possibility there, but they're, they're going to win. Yeah, correct. Correct. So they beat um, Ohio state it eliminates them from the big, or gets them ahead of them in the big 10. Yeah. Clemson, I think, is ahead of them in the ACC. Beats Southern Cal, takes, you know, puts them ahead of them. So, well, let yeah. me put it this way two from the SEC, one from the Big Ten. So now you're left with that one spot. Yeah, so you have if, to, you have to avoid, you have to hope that Southern Cal, non factor. You have to hope that Clemson slash Florida State and the ACC, non factor. And you have to hope, which is a pretty safe hope at this point, that Texas, Oklahoma out of the Big yeah. 12, the normal powers, are not a factor. And then that paves the way for, for Notre Dame to grab the, the number four. Exactly. All right, let's talk some new coaches. That's the last top that's the last two topics. Okay, so better first season in your opinion, Matt Rule or Hugh Freeze. Hmm. I'm gonna say that's a great question. That is a that is a great question. Um there's so many different factors here. I, I, first off, let me just say this, because I know there's a lot of detractors for both these guys. I'm really high on both these hires. I mean, I'm really people. The Matt Rule thing didn't work in Carolina with the Panthers. Not much has worked with the Panthers in a while. I, I don't put all that on Matt Rule. Matt Rule was a hell of a college coach before that. He's going to be a great college football coach again. If he can't get it done at Nebraska after Scott Frost couldn't get it done at Nebraska, I'm convinced nobody will ever get it done at Nebraska. Hugh Freeze, you know, they just announced their quarterback. And and I I just don't know if Preston Thorne and that team and the toughest division in college football, if we're going straight on wins and losses, I will take Nebraska and Matt Rule. If you're going just straight on wins and losses. But I do believe over time, Hugh Freeze is going to have Auburn humming. They are going to have Auburn absolutely uh, playing at an elite level and and doing everything that Gus Malzahn did and maybe a little bit more. I just don't think he's got the roster to do it in year one. I think I think Freeze will have a better year, and, and I'll tell you why. I think I think first of all, I think I, I don't think he made a good hire on an offensive coordinator, and I, I think they're going to struggle. Uh, on that side of the ball. But I, I also – I look at Auburn and I look at, like, how, how are the – like, Freeze and, and Rule both are turnaround artists, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Freeze went to Liberty, won immediately. Freeze went to Arkansas State, won immediately. I think he was at, like, Lambeth and won immediately. He went to Ole Miss and took a team that didn't win an SEC game and went 7-6. and six. If you notice the pattern of Rule, it, it's more methodical. Like first year at Temple, not so hot. Second year, better. Third year, they were rolling. 
Same with Baylor, which is a terrible situation. I think I think he went two and ten his first season. Uh, but the next thing you know, they're winning seven. The next thing you know, they're winning the Big Twelve. Uh, so just based on that, you know, I, and I look at I look at the schedules too. I think uh, you know you look UMass at Cal, which Cal's an interesting road game for Auburn to be playing just culturally. Uh, Samford and then at A and M, Georgia, LSU. There's a chance for a three and zero start that dips to three and three. Mm-hmm. Then you got Mississippi, Mississippi State, Vandy. Maybe you win those at Arkansas would be a toss up. New Mexico. This is there's six seven wins in there. Nebraska starts off pretty, pretty tough, Mike. I mean, it's like uh, Minnesota is, I think, the first one. Let me just make sure here. Uh, so yeah, they at Minnesota, and then week two, they play Prime out in a Boulder in a renewal of a rivalry. Uh, now I think that's pretty much a toss up. Northern Illinois, Louisiana Tech, but then Michigan comes to Lincoln, and then at Illinois, which is going to be tough. Uh, Northwestern, Purdue, at Michigan State. You know, I, see, I, I see know. some wins there. I see. I do too, it's a just a weaker bit. schedule. It's just you, a, that. That's you, all you I'm basing how, it on. Yeah, but yeah, you don't know how bad their offensive coordinator is. So <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not kidding. He's terrible. But uh, we'll, we'll say his name. Hopefully, Mark, say. Yeah, it's Marcus Satterfield, who was at South Carolina last year. But uh, okay, hopefully. Well, I mean, I keep the whole thing with him at South Carolina last year until the last two games of the season. Was the, it was too complicated for the college level. And all I'm reading out of Lincoln is how complicated the offense is. <laughs> you don't have the 20 hours a week to work with college kids. It's not like yeah. the pros. And amazingly, this guy was only in the pros one year under rule and was like the assistant offensive line coach. So I think there may be a little hubris there too. Now, hey, look, maybe in the Big Ten, what he's trying to do works a lot better than the SEC. Maybe the types of athletes they have at Nebraska are different. Uh, they are different than South Carolina. Maybe it works for them. I, I don't know. Maybe that's why Matt Rule goes three and nine his first year and then gets better uh, as they go along. But yeah, you, you know, looking at it now, you know, you took that deeper than I was going to. I I, uh, I I wasn't going on play calling as much as just yeah. like I just look at the schedule and I just think it's easier. Like if you were to give if you were to give. Hugh Freeze, that schedule versus Auburn's, then the answer to me is Hugh Freeze easily. Um, and again, I think they're both very good hires. So this is not a who's the better coach. This is who's going to have a better first year. And I would also say the expectation level is less at Nebraska right now. I mean, they have been, as a fan base, they have been absolutely beaten up and pummeled and put through a meat grinder. Auburn fans still think they should be winning 10 games a year and beating Alabama two out of three. So, and that expectation level has not changed just because of a terrible hire in Harson. You know, they, they still think that they should be really good every year. That's just the DNA of the Auburn fan. I think Nebraska fans have had a cold dose of reality poured on their head saying you are not going back to 1990s, 1970s, 1980s, Nebraska for a while, if ever. And so uh, I think it's a really interesting question. I think, look, again, two good hires. But, uh, yeah, I'll take, I'll, I'll take a flyer on, on Nebraska to uh, overachieve this year in year one under Coach Rule. When you said pouring something on Nebraska fans' head, I pictured those Cornhusker heads. Yeah, and like yeah. A, a, a nice, a nice dose of melted butter coming down that corn on the cob. That would be nice. Mm, you heavy butter guy on the movie popcorn? Movie popcorn, absolutely. 
I mean, you can't put it's enough. It's not even real butter. But, you know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what's in there. I know it's just like a. It, it's like a heart attack in a bucket every time it's I terrible. eat it. But it's if not, I go to a theater, that's that's going down. It's it, it's happening. All right, we've got to go. Uh, not down, but we're going into our first. Oh, we got one more timeout. Oh, we got one more. I th- I thought that we got was one fine. more. The new co- the new coach part B. I was not uh, a math major. And, and we were talking. You were talking about DNA, so that's interesting because I believe every program has a DNA. I think that's why coaches like Will Muschamp and Jim McElwain did not work out at Florida. That's why I have mm-hmm. questions about Billy Napier working out because they want coaches to score. You know, mm-hmm. at Alabama, it doesn't matter. Run the dang ball. You know, I mean, there's just different different programs. And now sometimes they change it. Clemson used to be run the dang ball, and now look at look at what they do. Uh, so it changes over time, but I still believe they have DNA. Okay, so Wisconsin. Because DNA is important for programs like Wisconsin. They don't have a good in-state talent base. They overachieve. They're deviating. With Luke Fickle. He's bringing Phil Longo in from North Carolina. That's primarily an air raid spread type of attack. It's different than what they've run. They're not always the best athletically. So I think the world of Luke Fickle as a coach, your thoughts, is this deviation going to work out for the Badgers or should they maybe reconsider? This is one of those litmus tests I talked about at the top that's going to be fascinating in 2023. You don't hire Phil Longo unless you are running uh, that type of offense. Throw it all over. Yes, they'll run, but it, it it's a passing offense. Uh, that was a statement, more so than the hire of Luke Fickle. The hire of Phil Longo was putting everybody on notice. We are not going to play Wisconsin football anymore. Not the way you're not the way you're used to. Now, they might not come out and say that because you still want to be able to recruit elite running backs that can flirt with 2,000 yards a season, but I just, I've, I've, I've done enough Phil Longo games. I've been in a, a room with Phil Longo and sat down with Phil Longo. Phil Longo ain't changing for anybody. Phil is very confident in his scheme and how he does things, and that's the way he's going to call plays, and if you don't like it, you shouldn't hire him. So, yeah, we're, we're watching a 180. This is a complete uh, radical change in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm all for it because I just feel like Wisconsin peaked. Now, you have to make a decision, okay? Are you okay with being the fourth best program in the Big Ten behind? And, of course, that's going to change with even more competition coming in. But routinely, Wisconsin is what? behind Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. And I realize there have been some years where that's not been the case, and they've they've been a little bit higher than one or two. But, but for right now, they're looking like if they could somehow just get in the four hole, that's a good year in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So the, you're, you, you can't run the ball any better than they have over the last however many years. You just can't. So you either stay, that's that's your place in life, and that's okay. You're going bowl games every year, and you're you're picking up some big wins. And the, the atmosphere there is outstanding and all that good stuff. Or you say, no, 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 no. We're not just content with that. We want to actually evolve our, our offense and have a chance at bigger stakes. And that's what they're doing. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I have no idea if it's going to work. Uh, I have no idea if they have the athletes that are going to be required to uh, to do what they're doing. but. Um, we, we shall see. So I, I, I'm all for it. I just don't know what to make of it, especially in the first year. I don't know what Wisconsin is going to look like. 
All right, that is the JC5. We have rattled through that. We will rattle through our first timeout, come back with more JC and Morgan on the other side. Stay tuned. Mike here for Elite Roofing and Restoration. Chances are you're a homeowner. You're going to have to have that roof replaced at some point. Could be because of wind or hail damage. Could be because it's just that time the roof is old and you don't want to take any more chances. Go ahead and call Elite Roofing and Restoration. They will take terrific care of you as they have for me over the years. They provide exceptional roofing services. They offer a highly knowledgeable staff on insurance claims for roof repairs and replacements as well as an extensive catalog of materials materials, and colors to ensure your roof looks as good as it performs. So how do you do it? Well, you just start off, you can go to the website, EliteRoofingGA.com. That's EliteRoofingGA.com. Go ahead and fill out the form, get connected with the fine folks at Elite Roofing and Restoration, and they will take care of the rest for you. Elite Roofing and Restoration. Don't settle for second best. Hey, this is Mike Morgan, and like many of you, I love staying active. It makes me feel better. It helps me enjoy a better life. But whether you're a world-class athlete or someone just keeping the dream alive like me, you'll want to make sure you have someone who can handle the injuries that are going to arise. That's where the world-renowned Dr. Michael Hatrack of Synergy Sports Wellness and Synergy Release Sports come into play. He's been my guy for nearly a decade, and he has served thousands of people, including over 400 NFL players, over a career that spans 47 years. Yeah, he's that good. And his staff's personalized biomechanical treatments and therapies can handle it all. Back pain, knee pain, shoulder pain. We all know the injuries, but few know the solutions the way Dr. Hatrack and his terrifically trained staff do. I've seen others. No one delivers the results the way they do. That's why people from all over the country come to Synergy's two Georgia locations, Buckhead and Alpharetta. Dr. Hatrack has trained a team of chiropractors in his proprietary technique that has been proven to yield life-changing outcomes from professional athletes to the Joe Schmoes of the world like, well, me. Check out the website to set up an appointment today, SynergyReleaseSports.com. That's Synergy with an S, ReleaseSports.com. You can also find a link for them on our website, JCandMorgan.com. Let the incredible staff at Synergy take care of you so you can reach your wellness goals. Welcome back to the JC and Morgan podcast. I am JC Sherbert. And he is Mike Morgan. And I, and I uh, I'm the one that put in a requested like, extended break that time. I had to go run an errand. <laughs> so, uh, but we're happy to be with you here today on the live stream. 
uh, for a change. So it's uh, it's a lot different than uh, it used to be. But it uh, is. certainly glad everyone here hanging out with us in the chat box. Uh, a lot of Gamecock fans in our chat box because we were before a Gamecock show and we just started doing this. They pick up on it. They had a lot to say about Nebraska's offensive coordinator situation. Uh, so uh, that's kind of funny. But one of them did have an interesting question, Mike, about Jim Harbaugh and that suspension that Michigan self-imposes. How about that? Uh-oh. Can't hear you, Mike. It's okay. He's going to get that fixed here in a second. I'll tell you what I think about it. I think it's a joke, just like you do, Joe. Uh, I think sometimes in, in college athletics, they there's a, all this constant fight going on between administrators <clears throat> and, uh, and, and athletics. And, and I think this is a situation where the academic end of it came in and said, oh, no, no, you're not going to. You're not going to avoid the suspension to try to uh, appear to be virtuous like that. I think it's virtue signaling. How about that? Well, think about this. So we went from four to zero to three, right? If we're scoring at home, that's that's what we went to. Um, We've talked about on this show, the NCAA clearly has lost its teeth, but they still are there. I mean, they still are a governing body for situations like this. This was a... COVID violation, the most egregious of which was, uh, we all know, was uh, conducted by Herman Edwards. Herman Edwards ain't around anymore. He got fired from another job, and so you can't put a, you can't make a real example of him. So you go to the the second top uh, abuser of that rule during that time, and that was Jim Harbaugh. And uh, I don't know how they wound up from four to zero to three, but this is where we got. And if you look at the three games that he's suspended for, Michigan's going to be okay. <laughs> They're going to be just fine without him. So we, uh, we, we move on from there. And, um, I, you know, at the end of the day, it's not, it's, it's not going to be a huge story, quite frankly, because of the timing. This is why you, by the way, this is why you don't play people early on in the season because usually if something happens in the offseason or if the NCAA takes their sweet time before they suspend a player, or in this case a coach, it's you don't get to pick when you do it. It's just at the beginning. So if you play your cupcakes early, it doesn't make a difference. If you play in one of these super-duper kickoff classic-type games, it makes a load of a difference. Uh, so in this case, it won't hurt Michigan at all. One, one could make an argument that until November 11th, when they play at Happy Valley, Michigan does not have a serious, serious challenge uh, at all. And, and the only sort of semi-challenge would be at Minnesota October 7th. Uh, I know Nebraska is a tough place to play, but I don't think there's going to be any fear going in there, right? Uh, so, so that, yeah, you're right. That's interesting. I'll say this. East Carolina is no pushover. Mike Houston is a good coach. Mm-hmm. That's a better opener than perhaps if they'd have played Bowling Green or UNLV. But man, that's right. Four, four straight at the big house, ECU, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers. Ah, it is what it. Is. They love the match. I mean, this is what gets me. Like the Big Ten. Every now and then you get that self-righteous, oh, the SEC has their SOCON Saturday. Why is Alabama playing an FCS opponent? Look, 
I have I, I have done FCS games and I have done MAC games, and I'm here to tell you, a top 25 FCS team can meet a MAC team all day long. In some cases, a top 25 FCS team would be favored against a Bowling Green mm-hmm. or an Eastern Michigan. Don't be fooled by the classification or. You, you can't be all self-righteous when you're just stockpiling Mac teams at the beginning of the year. And what's the difference if you put your, if you spread your cupcakes out versus playing them all at the beginning, they all do it. And I, 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 I'm not going to sit there and waste energy complaining about it. Uh, if you play a really tough s- schedule, you're going to put a cupcake or two on there. If you don't, maybe you'll put fewer cupcakes or a higher grade cupcake. Maybe this cupcake will have a special icing on it. Um, but these coaches, they know. They know how to schedule, and they know how to make it work to their favor. And it's a big it's a big reason why we're still at eight conference games in the SEC, that and money. But that's a whole other story. Speaking of conferences, I took a deep dive. Remember last week we took a deep dive. I, I went all uh, Thornton Mellon, Triple Lindy, off the top board, onto another board, triple reverse, a very dangerous dive. Um, but I think I performed it by giving you background on the the orphans that are still left in the pack. Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, Washington State. I learned a lot from that. Um, maybe next week we do a deep dive on the last three-peat champion, Minnesota. Because I know nothing about any of those teams that won back-to-back-to-back national championships. But that's the last team that did it. You're going to hear that a thousand times this year, right? Who's the last team to do it? In Minnesota in like the 30s, right? Golfers. Know nothing about Golfers. any of those teams. Can anybody name a single player from the three-time defending champion, Minnesota Golden Gopher? We're going to do the, the deep dive on that next week, I promise. Uh, you will know everything you've ever wanted to know about the back-to-back-to-back Golden Gopher National Championships as voted by the, I don't know, the Margarine Butter Pole or the Kellogg's Frosted Flakes Pole, whatever whatever was around back then. So this is from our uh, pal Barrett Salee we've had on the show before of uh, CBS Sports. Sirius XM does a good job just ranking the conferences. So and everybody's going to have number one SEC, right? I mean, you got three legitimate national championship contenders, Georgia, Bama, LSU. You look at that next tier, Tennessee and A&M. Um, you know, the, how does Carolina perform? Ole Miss. Does K.J. Jefferson take a, a, a neck, the next step with Arkansas? Who knows? Uh, but but the tier one and tier two for the SEC are clearly deeper than any other league. You know who he has at number two? Might be surprised on this one. The Pac-12. That's right. Not the Big Ten. Well, the 10. quarterbacks they have such good quarterbacks in that league this year. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's why it's 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 going to be like a bittersweet to watch Pac football if you can find it, because they do have outstanding quarterback play, and you've got USC, Washington, Utah, Oregon. I mean, these are all good teams with good quarterback play. In some cases, great quarterback play, Heisman Trophy type quarterback play in the case of Cale Williams. And I think Michael Penix could very well uh, be in New York when the season's over with. You got Oregon State, super, super coach. Um, Did a terrific job last year. Uh, Nobody's going to want to play them. UCLA has has found solid footing with uh, Chip Kelly. So that's number two. 
Number three is the Big Ten. Again, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. But then what? We don't know what Wisconsin's going to look like under Luke Fickle. And I can't find another team to really get excited about in the Big Ten. There's some good stories, what Bielma's done at Illinois. Um, does Michigan State become relevant again? No. I, we, we talked about Nebraska. I mean, they'll be interesting just because people want to see if there's going to be any difference there, but I can't find anybody else to be excited about. I, you know, Minnesota at some point is going to break through. and well, That's I mean, true. But they, did they do away Roll with the divisions for this year? Are the divisions gone this year in the Big Ten, or are they waiting for next year? Next year. It's next year. So there's still that division. I, I believe they hey, still this, have the division. Maybe the year, year the Gophers go to Indy. Golfers, PGA Flack, golfers. Uh yeah, because uh, you got a new coach at Wisconsin, you got a new coach at Nebraska, Iowa. I'd be stunned if they were uh, anywhere close to competent offensively. Uh, Illinois could be the team. My boy Bielema could end up getting there too. But uh, I, I'm, you know, not just because I live in Illinois, but because I've always been kind of fascinated by Brett Bielema's career and all that. Uh, I, I'm curious to watch them this season and see because Mike, before they lost, like I think they lost at home to Michigan to, to uh, Mel Tucker at his team. They lost at home to Michigan state. And I think they lost to Purdue at home earlier in the year. And that cost them the division. They, they went to the big house, man. And if it weren't for kind of a bad call late, they could have beaten Michigan up there. I mean, they, they, they were a big physical football team with a good run game and, Sort of like Bielema's Wisconsin team. So I'm curious to see what happens with them. But am I as excited about – would I be as excited about watching Iowa and Illinois as I would be like Washington versus Southern Cal or even like Oregon State, which won 10 games last year. Mm-hmm. It's got DJ Unglali now, quarterback maybe, uh, playing like an SC in Corvette. Yeah, I, I no, I'd rather watch the Pac-12. I would too. I, I, I would, too. Of course, you know, part of that problem will be solved because the Big Ten's going to get uh, four of those pack programs in their league. So for those that think we're hating on the, uh, the Big Ten, not at all, we'll be, we'll be praising those programs again next year when they're in the Big Ten. Number four, the ACC, Florida State Clemson. Florida State Clemson. Um, we got an email that we'll get to in our final segment after the break, but the mailbag about that game, but... Florida State, Clemson. If the Tar Heels do beat the Gamecocks in Week One, then there'll be a bright light shining on Drake May and Mac Brown, and and what's going on in Chapel Hill. If they lose, I think they'll quickly just people will just forget about them, and the focus again will be all about those two programs, Clemson and Florida State. Does Miami have a resurgence left in them? NC State's going to do what NC State always does. Um, for the ACC for it. That's right. Yeah, nothing. No shame in eight and four. Eight and four in the ACC. A little I different think, than think, eight and four in the SEC. Is Dave Clawson the next Jim Grobe, or will he ever take another job? Because I think if like at Wake, they're talking about being pretty solid again. Yeah, and let's say let's say Wake wins eight again this year. You um, talk to Dave Clawson, and he is really happy in Winston Salem. Uh, he knows they are what they call a developmental program right and and so he has that formula in place that doesn't work everywhere 
but it works for him with that program in that league. And there's a lot of quarterbacks that would not mind playing for him. Uh, the expectation, like they're, how hot does the seat ever get if you're the Wake Forest coach, right? It, it doesn't get that hot. So, he, it, I mean, he's in a pretty good place. Jim Grove had that kind of longevity, too. He never left. You know, they were talking no, about him. No, he could. Leaving. He certainly could have. He, he had the one year at Baylor as the interim. But, um, he, uh, yeah, he could have gone. So, that's interesting. Uh, you think maybe Dave Clawson, because of his one year at Tennessee, is the, or two years at Tennessee, one year at Tennessee, is the, with the claw fence he ran there. Yeah. Uh, you remember that was, so that well. was Fulmer's first, like, like they, he ended up getting fired and they brought Cutcliffe back for two resurgent years. And then, well, you know, the bottom fell out after that. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see. Wake, Wake is interesting to me. Duke is interesting to me because they won nine last year. They didn't do it like Cutcliffe did it. They kind of lined up and ran it at people, which was interesting that Duke was able to run it successfully. Um, mm-hmm. And they've got Clemson on Labor Day night. At Wallace Wade, historic Wallace Wade Stadium. You ever been? To, have you ever called a game at Wallace Wade, Mike? I have. In fact, uh, two years ago. No, no, last year. I had a game last year. Um, Riley Leonard. Remember that name? Mm-hmm. Riley Leonard's legit. Riley Leonard will be an NFL quarterback. That is my bold prediction for Duke football. Riley Leonard will be in the NFL. And he might be holding a clipboard for 10 years, but he'll be on an NFL roster for 10 years. He is a uh, superb athlete and, and is a good quarterback. Uh, you know, he, he, again, like typical Duke, he doesn't have the same weapons that everybody else is playing with, but he is, he's legit. Uh, he's a, he, he is that type of performer. Uh, that Wallace Wade is what it is. You know, they've redone it. It's, it's, it's got charm. It's, it's a bowl, know. kind of a bowl. You know, you know the yeah. they had the Rose Bowl there in uh, during war. I think either the thirties or I did not know war that II or something like that. Yeah, they, that's the only other place I've ever had the Rose Bowl. They had it at I'd... Wallace Wade Stadium in Durham, North Carolina, baby. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Uh, I uh, all right. I'll, I've, been there, I'll... I've been there once for a camp, but it, it you know. Yeah, it's a beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful campus. That's all. Awesome. Beautiful campus. Uh, look, I've I've I have my bucket list. Got to call games at Cameron Indoor, which was definitely a bucket list. Um, and yes, have done some some football at uh, at Wallace Wade. All right, number five, Big Twelve. Again, Texas, <sighs> and then what? Uh, Oklahoma will be better. Mark my words. But but they they still. They're not. They're not there yet. Uh, last year was a shock to the system year in, in Norman. They couldn't stop anybody, which is ironic because they brought in a defensive coordinator with uh, a pretty impeccable rep. But obviously, that didn't um, show up on uh, on Saturdays. And then it, it, TCU lost a lot, including the Harton quarterback. You know, Kansas State's always a good story there. I don't know what to expect out of Baylor this year. That's another one. Another yeah, one. I kind of slipped sure. a little bit last season. Texas Tech has high expectations, and I'm curious to see what happens at Kansas. Uh, you know, Lance Leopold had a really good first year. I don't know how sustainable it was, but uh, they're about to remodel their stadium, sink about 300 million into it. So maybe there's some commitment. Maybe he's the next Mangino. 
at KU. Will, will Iowa State Matt Campbell bounce back? That's a good question. In that league too. Remember, I remember last year? Be- I don't know if I'd have them behind the ACC, though. I think the ACC is god-awful, um, top to bottom. So I don't know if I agree with that one. But I could see because yeah. there's a lot of questions. There's not a dominant team that you go, yeah, I mean, Texas has the most talent, but they've had probably had the most talent for 20 years. Well, the problem <laughs> is, well, yeah. Uh, I actually think next year, even with the loss of Texas and Oklahoma, the Big 12 will be better top to bottom when they add what they add, right? Because, I mean, Texas, as you pointed out, has not been a dominating program at all. And Oklahoma's coming off a down year, and who knows what they're going to look like next year. Uh, But when you add everything that they're going to add next season, I think it'll be a deeper league, and therefore the ACC might be looking up at the Big 12, not just for like a a one- or or two-year time and and, uh, period in time. It It could be a rather consistent look up uh especially if it, we, we don't have enough time to get into what, where the acc is and all the rumors now and oh, uh, God. stanford yeah that's a that's a whole other show all right number if I, this is the, the battle for six is like okay which which group five and we're about to lose those designations but which which one is uh is better i think you, you can have this debate every year for a while now the american or the Sun Belt. He's got the American, led by Tulane, SMU, and UTSA, which is one of the best coach teams in the country, not to mention Memphis. And then the Sun Belt, Grayson McCall, who's like 37 years old, will be back at quarterback at Coastal Carolina. Marshall uh, coming off a good year, the win over Notre Dame I mentioned, the bowl win. Uh, You've got South Alabama. You've got Troy, James Madison. That's a heck of a league. Yeah. It's a heck of a league. I love the Sun Belt. I mean, the Sun and and you go and you like go to a Sun Belt game, and those fans love football. It's not just like well, let's put together a football team because we're a school and we need to have a football team. They really, they eat, sleep, and drink it. Um, it it almost has like an SEC light vibe to it when you go to those stadiums and you see how they treat football. So I would almost argue you, you may be able to put the Sun Belt six instead of seven, but that's debatable. Mountain West eight with Boise State, Air Force, Fresno State, San Diego State. Um, fun league, you know, but they've got some really bad teams at the bottom, Hawaii, Nevada, New Mexico. The MAC is nine. Bless the MAC. It's always going to be right around nine. Um, that is a really – you want if you want to prove how good a coach you are, Go win in the MAC on a consistent basis. Very difficult to do. And then number ten, Conference USA, which is there was a time Conference USA looked like the American and the Sun Belt before the Vultures came in and picked it, picked the bones apart. And now you're left with Western Kentucky, Liberty, Middle Tennessee State, which I think deserves to be in a bigger league, New Mexico State, Jacksonville State, Sam Houston State. You get the idea. That's what you say. Rich Rodriguez, the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. FBS. Baby. That's a cool place. That's a, that's a, speaking of places that love college football, they were a one double A power and they gave that up to be now in CUSA. Check this out. The state of Alabama now has how many? One, two, three, four, five, six FBS programs in the state of Alabama. UAB, Jack State. UAB, Jack State, South Alabama, Troy. South Alabama, yeah. Auburn, Alabama. And Troy. Yeah, Yeah. not bad. 
Not and most bad. of those since, moved up in recent years. Sanford, North Alabama, eventually may knock on that door. I, I would think, but uh, South Alabama's got a lot of money, a lot of yeah. money. Beautiful Definitely. campus, beautiful football facilities in South Alabama. They've got a big uh, medical uh, field going on there, and and they get a lot of mm. nice donations. So yeah, they're in Mobile. Yeah, yeah, not far from the beach. Not not a bad spot. All right, final timeout. We'll come back. We'll do some uh, mailbag, some closing thoughts, and we'll wrap things up on JC and Morgan. Hey, folks, want to tell you about our friends at Titan Construction Group really quick. They're a mid-Atlantic-based general contractor, specializes in retail, restaurant, and office construction. TCG strives to separate itself from other general contractors by adding value every step of the process. From project budgeting to estimation, value engineering to construction, they focus on those relationships and not the transaction. Titan builds partnerships one project at a time among their clients are Starbucks, Crumble Cookie, uh, Blake Pizza, Home Goods, 15 plus years experience based in Midlothian, Virginia, and contracted in Virginia, West Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina. So get on their website, Titan cginc.com that's titancginc.com get in touch with brad if you're in need of a general contractor that focuses on going above and beyond for their clients that's titan construction group a proud sponsor of the jc and morgan podcast mike here for elite roofing and restoration chances are you're a homeowner you're going to have to have that roof replaced at some point could be because of wind or hail damage could be because it's just that time the roof is old and you don't want to take any more chances go ahead and call elite roofing and restoration they will take terrific care of you as they have for me over the years they provide exceptional roofing services they offer a highly knowledgeable staff on insurance claims for roof repairs and replacements as well as an extensive catalog of materials materials and colors to ensure your roof looks as good as it performs. So how do you do it? Well, you just start off, you can go to the website, EliteRoofingGA.com. That's EliteRoofingGA.com. Go ahead and fill out the form, get connected with the fine folks at Elite Roofing and Restoration, and they will take care of the rest for you. Elite Roofing and Restoration. Don't settle for second best. Hey, this is Mike Morgan, and like many of you, I love staying active. It makes me feel better. It helps me enjoy a better life. But whether you're a world-class athlete or someone just keeping the dream alive like me, you'll want to make sure you have someone who can handle the injuries that are going to arise. That's where the world-renowned Dr. Michael Hatrack of Synergy Sports Wellness and Synergy Release Sports come into play. He's been my guy for nearly a decade, and he has served thousands of people, including over 400 NFL players, over a career that spans 47 years. Yeah, he's that good. And his staff's personalized biomechanical treatments and therapies can handle it all. Back pain, knee pain, shoulder pain. We all know the injuries, but few know the solutions the way Dr. Hatrack and his terrifically trained staff do. I've seen others. No one delivers the results the way they do. That's why people from all over the country come to Synergy's two Georgia locations, Buckhead and Alpharetta. Dr. Hatrack has trained a team of chiropractors in his proprietary technique that has been proven to yield life-changing outcomes from professional athletes to the Joe Schmoes of the world like, well, me. Check out the website to set up an appointment today, SynergyReleaseSports.com. That's Synergy with an S, ReleaseSports.com. You can also find a link for them on our website, JCAndMorgan.com. Let the incredible staff at Synergy take care of you so you can reach your wellness goals. 
back for the final segment here. Uh, JC and Morgan, don't forget a special installment on Thursday as we're joined by Bill King, uh, who has been a longtime college football uh, kind of pillar, I guess you can say, and does a great show over there in the Music City of Nashville, Tennessee. So uh, we'll have another one, a, a twofer, a twofer week here on JC and Morgan. Um, by the way, for those wondering why I have the Houston Texans stadium in the background, if you're watching us on <clears throat> the YouTube channel or Facebook, that is where the national championship game will be played January the 8th. And no, I have no many, no idea how many days that is away. I don't count, but it'll be here before you know it too soon. January the 8th in that stadium, beautiful stadium. I was there 10 years ago and I think they still have natural grass, uh, but a cool spot. It's right next door, JC to the old, Astrodome, which is still there. I don't know. I think they have like monster trucks and rodeos in there now. But you look at the Astrodome now and it just looks like this piece of garbage that used to be the eighth wonder of the world. Like that Absolutely. literally was yeah. was the the thing was the Astrodome. And now it's just like, oh, yeah, there might be some weeds growing out of it. And, you know, the roof's falling apart, but it's still there. By golly, the good old Astrodome. Are you ready for some emails? Absolutely. That was uh, that was not rhetorical. We're we're I want uh, full enthusiasm here. I say, are you ready for some emails on the mailbag? Uh, absolutely. There yeah. we go. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> the mailbag. Yes, sir. Shoot, Presented by Elite Roofing and Restoration. Whether you're in uh, Atlanta, whether you're in South Carolina, North Carolina, Florida, Jeremy Johnson has you taken care of. Free estimate. Just call that phone number right there, if whether it's hail damage or just an old leaky roof, 678-781-1998. I mentioned, I teased this one earlier from Dino in Orlando. He just says, point blank, Clemson or FSU in the ACC? What do you think? I'm going with Clemson until FSU proves they can beat Clemson. Uh, I'm with you. I I thought at times FSU was the better team last year. But Clemson just had their number down in Tallahassee. It was a six-point game, but it wasn't that close. I mean, Clemson blew mm-hmm. them out. They got to go to uh, Memorial Stadium in September. They've won there once. That was Fisher's national championship team in 2013. Since Bobby Bowden saved Tommy Bowden's job by losing by 16 in 03. So, how about that? This so used I, to be the game that Clemson couldn't get over the top. Remember yeah. that? I mean, they, they'd always have like a fourth and one and instead of just playing smash mouth, they put their quarterback in the shotgun and they'd wind up losing two yards. And it was, but, but that has clearly changed as Clemson has become the preeminent program in that league. The game's on the 23rd of September. Clemson will be fresh off a, a win over the boys from the mean streets of Boca, the FAU Owls, led by uh, none other uh, than Tom Herman. It's kind of, it's still like, huh? Like there's going to be a few of those in week, week one where you're like, wait, Tom Herman's coaching FAU. Yes, he is. Tom Herman, that guy who for a time was the number one coaching prospect on the planet. Everybody wanted Tom Herman, Texas got him and it was an abject disaster. Okay. Uh, Carl from Austin, speaking of Texas, how hot is Jimbo's seat at A&M this year? I think he's got to win nine, eight, nine. I think, uh, and if it's a seven and six, how does it go down? But but that you know, from reading up on A and M, uh, Connor Wagman, uh, who was a true freshman last year, quarterback Mike, uh, who had his moments as a true freshman, has been outstanding. 
So if the lights come on for that guy, they get quarterback play. They have enough talent. But Petrino dialing them up to do, I think the expectations probably should be set a little higher for them than they are. Uh, but I, I think I think it gets pretty hot if it's a, if it's eight or less this season. Oh, if it's eight or fewer, I think it's sizzling. I think it's uh, yeah, you like like Burger King grill marks on the gluteus maximus hot. Uh, I I I think they the the answer from the A and M brass is going to be you got to be better. And mm-hmm. if if Jimbo is smart, and I think he is, I think he'll he'll stay out of Petrino's way, let him dial up the plays, and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, but yeah, you 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 need to do better than eight and four. And I realize eight and four would have been improvement over last year, but that's not good enough. That's not why you brought Jimbo in there. It's just not. Eight, well, eight and four ain't going to cut it. And look, man, let, let's say the questions about Alabama don't get answered, and Alabama kind of falls back to the pack. And you know, I, I think LSU is an awfully good team, Mike. Do do I sit there and if I were putting odds on who was good, who could win a national championship, would they be higher than Bama? No. Uh, they were a good team last year. Good story. Not dominant, and they did lose to AM. AM has the roster uh, to, to, if Alabama is just so so, to win that division and, and win the final SEC West. They have the roster to do that. Question is, will they? Don't know. Yeah, I'll find out. All right, last one. Tony from Nashville, Music City. Love hearing from Nashville. Week zero is upon us. <laughs> we got a little uh, – somebody might have some action going. Who do you like covering in the following games? Notre Dame minus 20.5 versus Navy. Hawaii versus Vandy minus 17.5. Uh, the Commodore is a favorite there. We'll do some picks throughout the season. I haven't given it a whole lot of thought in week zero, JC. I didn't even look at the lines yet. But uh, I'll go ahead and take a stab at this one. I'll take both favorites. I'll take Notre Dame to prove a point in week one. Navy used to be a really good story, and and I don't know what happened, um, but they were they had it rolling. They they really did, uh, and and since then they've they've taken a dip. So and, and I always have to temper that when it's a service academy. There's a lot of external factors, right? But um, uh, I'll go with Notre Dame, and I'll go. I, I think Hawaii's not good at all. And again, Vandy wants to make a little bit of a state. This will be the biggest showcase Vandy has maybe all year. I'll take Vandy minus the 17 and a half. I think Navy will cover Vandy will cover. Navy's triple option. It's tough in your first game. There's Mm going to be as good as Notre Dame will be on defense. It's going to be, it's still different. And you're going across the pond. I mean, maybe they pull away a second. I've seen that. See last year too, Notre Dame got up big. Navy came back, scared the bejesus out of them. No pun intended. This is Notre Dame, but uh, they uh, scared the touchdown they, Jesus out of yeah, them. Yeah, they. Uh, uh, Notre Dame, I think, pulled away at the end of one by thirteen. So, I sometimes a triple. I'm just going on the triple option thing, but I, I think Vandy. It's probably not going to be what. What they beat Hawaii last year, seven sixty three to ten down in Honolulu or wherever. Not going to beat them that bad, but it, you know, you know, some of those Hawaii kids too. Uh, unfortunately, uh, there's probably a lot on their mind right now yeah as well no doubt um so i'll take vandy to cover that one pretty easily and let's crank up the commodore height train 
Uh, Phil on our other show keeps talking about how they could start seven and zero. Is Phil a Notre Dame guy? No, 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 Vanderbilt. 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 Oh, he's a Vanderbilt guy. No, no, he's not a Vanderbilt guy. But he, he just he likes Vanderbilt to go seven. Because because you, you look at their schedule: Hawaii, Alabama, A and M at Wake. That's a swing game. At UNLV, Kentucky at home, Missouri at home, at Florida. Yeah, I don't see Good seven and zero, oh, but you know, I'd be happy Six with five one, and two, four and three. And yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go for that. But seven and zero, oh, I don't see that happening. I, I don't know, man. Kentucky, Missouri, Florida—they're—they're they're beatable. They're all beatable, but you're, to, to say they're going to beat every one of them back to back to back—that might be that might be a tall order. And, for, and, uh, and then October fourteenth, if that happens, yeah, number one Georgia at number ten Vandy. <laughs> stop it! Stop the I'm madness! Sorry, sorry, stop the madness! That, uh, all twenty-eight Commodore fans are going to be like, "J.C. Sherbert said we're winning it all." You're getting loopy, getting loopy, yeah. which is a sign that we need to sign off. Yeah, uh, well, yeah I mean, again, you, you know, I stand now for these podcasts. I'm, I'm getting lightheaded, you know. Like, yeah, I mean, I, we got, can so, we get you a chair? I like I mean, standing. I'm more energetic and into it. My facial. Well, you you do that. You're bringing the juice. You know, you're bringing the so, juice. Yeah, it's if okay. That, if, my... if that's what it takes, you do it. You know, <laughs> if you need to play a game of Twister in the middle of segments, that's fine too. Whatever it takes. I mean, uh, mental toughness, man. I mean, it's like you know, what would Nick Saban think if I wanted to sit down? Oh, I wouldn't let you. You need to get my mentally tough, all right? All right? Yeah. And no water. We're going junction boys. No water, no water th- in the middle of this broadcast. That I don't care how hot it is. glass in my shoes. Sanding glass in my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Hey, appreciate everybody. Of course, uh, our, our man, Mad Max, producing. Uh, and appreciate all of you for tuning in on all of our different formats. Again, we'll be back with you on Thursday. Special guest Bill King will join us. Until then, for JC, for Phil, this is Mike. So long, and thanks for stopping by.